12 million people watch the new HBO hit Westworld on a weekly basis. That's his theme song in the background. Storyline revolves around the concept of what it is to be human and, and if a machine can actually achieve humanness. Artificial intelligence expert and co-founder of Intelligent Toys Limited and author of Love and Sex with Robots, Dr. David Levy joins us now. Levy, rather, joins us now from across the pond. Hi, Dr. Levy. Good evening. The reality is there are a lot of people right now that live with and relate to high-tech dolls as though they're human. They satisfy them physically, if you know what I mean. And uh, you believe that in about three decades, we will be marrying them. I think that's right. I mean, the companies that are in the business of making these dolls, they're now going into electronic products, um, the first primitive sex robots. And the leading company in this field is Avis Creations in California, whose first sex robot is coming out this year. And I think it'll be about 30, 35 years before the advances in technology create robots that are so human-like that people will want to marry them. Okay, what would the advances be? Um, well, some of the advances are sort of obvious physical things like artificial skin that looks very human-like and which is sensitive to the touch and can feel a caress or, or a slap and, and, and um, be quite physical in that way. But a lot of the advances will involve artificial intelligence, particularly conversation, which is, of course, a great, um, you know, it's a great factor in developing relationships. You don't want to have a relationship with someone unless you can have a good conversation with them. Right. So you're talking about these marriages with robots would be short marriages. It was a joke. Yeah. It was a marriage conversation. Anyhow, um, how advanced are these robots now? Uh, they're very primitive indeed. Okay. So uh, who is buying them? Well, the, com the, the company in California that I mentioned, they're selling, uh, they've been selling about three or 400 a year of um, human-sized uh, sex dolls, which are not robotic. They're just um, inanimate dolls. And they've been selling them for several thousand dollars a time. And those dolls just lie there and do nothing. But, but do we know who's buying them? Like, what, who's the market? Yeah, there are people who are lonely and who find um, solace in having a relationship with a doll. There's a TV documentary in which some of these people were interviewed, and it's quite right. clear that many of them form very strong emotional attachments to their dolls. Uh, speak to the uh, legal challenges of, of a human-robot marriage, because it sounds to me that it would be kind of unusual, to say the least. You're, you're absolutely right, and I think the lawmakers and people working in the legal field will have a lot of work to do over the next few decades to create laws that deal with all sorts of aspects of relationships between people and robots, not just emotional and, and loving and, and sexual relationships, but also simple things like a ro if a robot goes wrong and hits you and you're walking towards it in the street, who do you sue? Do you sue the robot? Do you sue the robot's owner? Do you sue the shop where the robot was sold or the factory where it was made? Questions like that are going to abound in the years to come, and I think the lawmakers are going to have to work overtime to develop the right laws to deal with these situations. And similarly for a relationship um, based legal questions such as marriage and divorce. It would be hard to convince people listening right now that, you, you know, uh, that it, marriage to a robot, A, would be, you know, legally possible and B, uh, would actually be a marriage because y you can call it whatever you want. But a marriage involves, you know, not only commitment, but compromise. And how are you going to, how are you compromising if a robot's programmed to do what you like? whether it's give you sass here and there or just be incredibly accommodating. How's that a marriage? 
Well, that's a, a very um, that, that's a very perceptive question because, of course, one can argue that if a robot is programmed to behave in a certain way, then it's not giving um, genuine consent to being married. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the legal questions which um, is being considered now by experts in the field. You think that we might even have insurance policies, as you said, you know, if, if something goes, goes rogue, like uh, in the case of Westworld, uh, your robot goes rogue, that you, people might be able to take out insurance policies to protect themselves. I think that not only will people be able to, I think it should be compulsory that when you buy a robot, you should pay, when, and included in the price should be the first year's insurance premium, and then at the end of 11 months, a robot will say to you, please insure, insure me for another year, otherwise I'm going to stop working in a month's time. It's the only way that I can see that problems created by robots can be taken care of in a legally satisfactory way. You know, uh, my uh, co-host here on the show, Chris, was a big fan of Westworld. I liked it. I thought it was okay. But what you're talking about right now is really like Westworld. Can you see something like that becoming a reality where we have, you know, we share a life with robots en masse? Yes, absolutely. The I think the key question is how long will it take before robots are so human-like that people can't easily tell the difference between a sophisticated robot and a human. And at that stage, um, human-robot relationships will become quite normal. Do you, uh, would you be one of those people that would want a human-robot relationship? Well, I would be interested in experimenting with a robot just out of curiosity, but I think that people in my position who understand how they work would probably not be quite as susceptible as others to actually having a relationship with them because we'd always be thinking, oh, yeah, I know, know how it's doing that. Right. And so y you wouldn't feel quite so loved. So sort That's of, right, it's, almost, it's almost like a real relationship at the end of the day. You know, people question, well, I know why you're doing this to make me do that. That's true. But it, it, in a sense, it is a real relationship. And think of how many million people there are out there who have no one to love and no one who loves them for whom a robot could be um, a great void filler. Well, I, you know, I have to say it's hard for me to wrap my uh, my head around that Westworld type reality, but I think it's fascinating, and uh, I, I appreciate you joining us this afternoon on the show. My pleasure. Have yourself a fantastic night. Thank you. Dr. David Levy, author of Love, Sex, and with Robots. You know the question I wanted to ask him, right? Chris, it was pretty intimate, but I couldn't go there. I just I felt like I couldn't go there, but I wanted to know. You wanted You're going to write a book about love and sex with robots? <laughs> I need to know a little bit. You mean if you did? If you tried it out? One wants to know, but I didn't go there. I could have, but I didn't. Now we all wish you did. <laughs> I had a little bit of restraint today on the show. It's the only time I held back.